0: Fix. now this is bill clinton i have a couple things i want to say first you're listening to my favorite podcast mouse and wings second i need a cheeseburger third i need a cheeseburger listen to mouse and wings so good mouse and wings and a mouse and wings Mouse
1: and ain't nobody gonna break it by stride, ain't nobody gonna slow me down, Oh no, we've got to keep on moving. Hello, hey, do we pay royalties for that? Welcome to Mouse and Weens,
2: everybody. We're back. This is Joel Mouse. I'm uh the motherly type, uh, matriarch of the family, head of the household.
1: Wow. Just You've given yourself a big role. I know. like that. I'm adding on. I'm the wiener. I just sit around and wait for scraps. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: it's been a while. Again, dude, the season has been very busy for us. We've been having a tough time getting together to record. I don't know why, because now we live together. All right, Weens, Crazy. That's where we left off. You were you were about to move in, so
1: I can't believe I actually did it.
2: You can did you it. believe it? No, I it know. Happened so quickly. Address change forms and everything. What do you think? Tell me about the process. How did it go? We're gonna talk about a real topic, you guys, which is personal space. So hang on for that. But first, we're catching up.
1: Yeah, I think I might have had COVID. I was moving. So, okay, it was a quick decision, I think. Was it a quick decision to move into your house? It just kind of started to make sense. And I think I couldn't take it anymore at the other place. There was too much hubbub. Yeah. There were final straws. There were camel's backs to be broken. (laughs) That's so sad to think about. So I – and then it just made sense, right, as a bigger picture. I'm like, I don't know if this opportunity will ever come up where we – can both do this yeah i mean you can i guess at any time that you want but
2: <laughs> where i well we were thinking about you being closer to the kids as they get older and you know i'm a junior in high school who's not going to be around forever and you were feeling like you're missing out plus uh going back to get your master's and the cost and rent and yeah so.
1: the only thing that was weird which i wasn't sure about was if i start school in august that's seven months from today so basically, I have seven months of downtime at your house, which I my vision was to fill it with creative projects and maybe like get a little side job. <laughs> maybe get a side job. That's probably important.
2: No. I mean, honestly, we were happy to float. We're being patrons of the arts, and we're floating um, your career right now. But there's we no arts
1: our- happening because there's no time. Because but your life is crazy.
2: Okay. Yeah. So talk about that. Because there is time, but... Because you always tell me, well, why don't you just do it when the kids are at school? Why don't you just da-da-da-da? But what happens? Yeah, what is uh, this is from the perspective of a creator, a single creator, jumping into a married lady's life with three kids.
1: There's too many distractions. It's crazy. You have kids who have needs and driving. And if you did anything, it would be from the hours of maybe 10 to 1. Yeah. Those are your only free moments, and you'd have to not do anything else. You can't eat, you can't,
2: you can't talk to cats or
1: dogs or take anyone in or out to go poop or walk. That's I think, and you can't clean. And there's always your house is huge. There's always cleaning to be done. Yeah. So I don't know. It's hard to concentrate on anything because I don't know. For me, I have to work on my own shit though because. I feel like I have to earn my keep, so I'm always up doing... Well, no, and
2: you don't, but you do help a lot when you pick up Charlotte so that I can take the boys to work out, and that's been really great. So I love that. Not Thank the you. boys
1: in the morning? I take them to school in the morning?
2: Well, I can do that at that point, unless it's like a crazy busy garden morning where I'm getting all my supplies but together. you're always getting
1: your supplies together. You're always crazy.
2: Yeah, kind of. Sometimes. Some days I'm fine. Some days I'm just... I've got everything Then take them if you want when, when you're not
1: crazed. Okay.
2: All right. We're working out our schedule <laughs> here live on the air. You guys get to hear how it goes. Um, so the bottom line is how do you take a crazy home, you know, because I was a stay-at-home mom for ages and kept complaining. I couldn't get anything done, and everyone looked at me like I was crazy. Like, But I'm trying to explain it, so now you get it a little, right?
1: Yeah, there's no – It's just everyone is, uh, it's the breaks in time. You would have to go do what dad did. Our dad used to go into the woods and write screenplays. Yeah. Otherwise you just get distracted. You can't, I don't, I can't work that way (laughs) because you're just getting into a groove and someone goes, do you know where the pops are? Does anyone Mm -hmm. have any pop? Yeah, and then you're like, "We're not in Chicago," and they're like, "But I'm still looking for pop." Who's <laughs> ever look for pop? I love that. Your kids are crazy. They love pop. No, <laughs> you didn't even know that. See, I'm spending more time with them now. Oh god,
0: I'm losing <clears throat> losing anyway. touch.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, good.
2: I know. I do the same thing. I can't sit down for any chunk of time. That's why I think my life is so distracted. I have like twelve things going on all the time. Smaller projects, and I can't sit
1: down. And okay, do but one big thing. Now, there was this article about how people in American culture, Western culture, think that they're more important and valuable if they're busy. So mm. they're constantly creating ways of saying, I'm too busy for that. Mm-hmm. It gives them worth, self worth. So
2: I've said I'm busy quite a few times in my life. Yes.
1: Well, yes. And so have I. And I know where mine I used to fantasize when I was younger. I'd have a calendar and I'd want to fill it in with all this stuff. <laughs> Cause I thought it was important. And I probably still have that, but now I could care less. Yeah. I'd like to be unimportant and have nothing on my calendar. Yeah. But um what about
2: you? You're looking at me like you have something to say. Well, I know I what like you to. think, because actually I do get a, a little high when I, I have lots to do in a day and it works out, and I get it all done, and I can do all the things, and it's planned to the minute. Like you've seen a couple days in action where I know I have to be somewhere at 4 o'clock, and I can be between 12 and 4, I can get like a ton of shit done and zoom around and do all my errands and pick up the kids and get dinner and come back and then be at the appointment on time. And I love when that happens. It's like a little puzzle that I've worked out. So I don't know. My competitive nature digs that, my personality. But I know the merit of sitting and being, and that's okay. You're also worthy
1: if you are just
2: alive and breathing and uh, existing and being healthy.
1: Yeah, you're like a Tasmanian devil. It's hard to be around a little bit sometimes when... Because I'm like, it looks like someone's in pain, and how do you help them? Granted, that could be my codependent parts coming out.
2: I know. But that's when, yeah, if you feel that, then just go hide in your back room or go outside. Uh, It might
1: be for eight hours a day. I'm not that that bad.
2: I'm really not that bad. It's just, just you've seen me, though. You know my schedule. Like, what am I supposed to do? If you like my and you're
1: fine with it,
2: then don't get mad. Don't look at me
1: like that. Well, I mean, really, where can I change things? what should I change? It sounds like you don't want to change them. So who am I to say that you should change them? If you're happy with how you are, are you? I am. Then fine. You told me the other day, I'm happy with who I am. Cause I said, do you want to, what did I say? I tried to get you to do something (laughs) you didn't want to do. I was like, do you want to sit down and do a little meditation or something like that? And you were like, I like who I am. I don't need to meditate and (laughs) I'm comfortable with who I am. I am. You kind of got snippy. Well, I, I get it. It just, Uh,
2: It's so hard for me to meditate. I can't sit there and... That's fine, though. I don't get it. I don't get what you do. What is it? What are you doing? What do you need to wrap your head
1: around? You're a human being, not a human doing. Oh, God. (laughs) 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 I knew she'd say that. Uh, No, hey, this is what I have to say. There are all different forms of meditation. You could walk down the street and you could feel relaxed. You could meditate or uh, do your garden. Yeah. And it's, I think there is no right way to do it. Maybe it's just what gives you peace if you have enough of that in
2: your life. My favorite uh chill moments are walking the dog and listening to podcast, or oh. cleaning my house and listening to podcasts, or gardening and listening to a podcast. I like to have my ears engaged. That's good. And uh be doing something. Moments of silence are cool too,
1: but I don't know, I get bored and I like moments of silence also. It doesn't happen, especially when you're sleeping next to your sister, because we're in a hotel room right now in Tahiti. Yeah. And my sister, who's yelled at people often for snoring and thinks that she is a (laughs) saint (laughs) non-snorer, I recorded her snoring last night. She went to bed at 8 o'clock. First of all, who does that? (laughs) Now I'm trapped. Two hours different. It's 10 p.m. San Diego time. Okay. Well, there's no point in thinking of it that way. Mm. You just have to adjust right away. I'm very in the moment due to my meditating. Just kidding. But uh, so I'm trapped in between uh, honks over here and snores over here. And Mom this, is traveling with us. It's the three of us in this hotel room right now, and they fall asleep in an instant. And I have two people who are, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm stuck here at eight o'clock. Like, we were the ones that had the bottle of wine
2: last night. I think okay. that had something to do with it.
1: And uh, yeah, so. I recorded my sister snoring, who says I never snore. Here we go.
2: Aha! All right. I know. I get it. I hear myself, and uh, I think it's... it's i my fat neck. I'm working on my weight. Joe. I need to get it back down to my happy place. I mean, it's not fat. I just feel like I'm not in the best shape right now. My job thing has taken precedent over working out. Point, I do snore
1: fine. I like how you're using my points now. I know. I like that, too. Bring really, back to a point. Boom. Really, really gets so it we're excited. in Tahiti. Or do you want to close out a thought that you had about
0: something?
2: No, just that I had my headphones on last night, and... My eye patch thing too, and so, just one. R. No, what are they called? Eye mask. And I said that you can um, watch TV and do whatever. I was, I was out. I doled all my senses, so it didn't matter that you were.
1: Yeah, no, we were joking around. I, we was, were. I was out. I ended up watching Thirty Rock. Nope, didn't. That didn't happen. It was in <laughs> French. It's <was> like <laughs> what's 30? pourquoi. What's thirty? Who cares? Point is. <laughs> um, What about traveling with your mom and your sister? Whoa, 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 Let's bring it back. I'm in your house now. Are you already regretting this decision? No, not at all.
0: Isn't
2: it weird, though? No. You're doing great with lids and food. You're doing great with cat food cans. And we just have to work on the green smoothie sticky
1: mess on the counter in the morning. That's it. And I'm totally happy. That's not hard... Really? But... You'll eventually – the shoe will drop at some point. You'll eventually be upset about something. No. Really? It's It's not happened.
2: No, I love having you there. And everybody feels like – it really does feel like our whole family did this big sigh of relief. Like, ah, she's here. Really? Yeah. Like, the kids friggin' love you. Dave is, like, fresh meat audience. He loves (laughs) –
1: that you laugh at his jokes. No, and he loves you. You are like his sister. But that'll all go away. The novelty will wear. And then you're going to have another human in your house that you're constantly like, oh, the back bedroom is being occupied. And so it'll alter the way you like watch TV downstairs. And I really stuff. don't think so, though. Really? I really don't, because <gasps> we all have our own
2: spaces that we can go hang out in. I moved my whole little podcast office upstairs to my bedroom window. Uh, Dave's got his office upstairs too we have we have a big room
1: we're up there what is the we benefit have our, of this for you guys Our theater it's seats? just like different something going on or extra help it's the energy of family i love
2: that the kids will have this experience i love that we have you here that i have you here we can do more projects together and i know it doesn't seem like we have time but i really do think can we get back to that mm-hmm. you are very welcome in our house for as long as you want you said how about Thank six you. months and i said <clears throat> when does Charlotte graduate? Eight years You've got eight years And then when she's 18 Then Dave and I might part, Like You know Scale down But You've got eight years To live with us So how's that feel? Why would
1: you scale down In eight years? Cause you well want to if all the kids again? Are out of the house We don't need a big old house you know, Oh I see what you're saying You know maybe, I, you I don't like, know what we're going to do want to sleep together In peace as a couple And then I could just Yeah that's when the humping starts in Just 18 eight years. years Just a couple I mean, of years. <laughs> <in> 18 years. <laughs> We're waiting. We're doing calisthenics. We were just talking ready. about that. Do you have scheduled sex ever? No. Uh, All right. I know a couple of people who are married and have scheduled sex. Like Friday at two, we will be humping. <laughs> and showers before, showers after. And that's a few people. This is a wild is thing. Is this a
2: thing? Do they sell uh, calendar packs with that sticker <laughs> that you can put on your <laughs>
1: calendar? Just a. Big old big eggplant, pink eggplant okay. that you stick on your Friday,
2: too. <laughs> no, I mean, there have been times when it was like, you know, kids and toddlers, like, okay, when is the best time? Uh, not in the morning because they could run in and jump on your bed at any moment. So we need to make a nighttime. I don't know. We're not, I don't like talking about this. It's fine. Everything works out. And, yeah. But, but we're not, schedule. we're not scheduled. That's yeah, yeah. the bottom line. But it it's been talked about a lot. I've been a lot of like mom lectures and talk to friends and stuff. And a lot of people say it needs to happen.
1: But you guys um, don't. I have another couple friend who says, you know, you're married a long time. They've been married 15 years. And you have to initiate it even though you don't want to. And then once you start doing it, then you're in the groove. This was Is that true? This was the
2: Dr. Laura book I remember reading, The Proper Care and Feeding of Husbands. And I don't like Dr. Laura, but... At the time, I was newly married, and I was struggling because it was like... Loss of independence. There's that, yeah, we just, like, your lives merge, as we're talking about. And it's a lot of, um, I thought it would be 50-50, and it really wasn't at all, at all. And that was hard for me, because I think I had an expectation that, yay, I have a partner who's going to be 50-50 with me. And it wasn't happening. So then I'm like, shit, now what do I do? And I was getting really resentful. So I read that book kind of out of desperation. And it
1: had some good tips and tricks. And you became the 1950s housewife.
2: Kind of. But it was all acting. And it was like, fake it till you make it. You know, pretend that when he comes home, like, hi, honey, here's your martini. Oh, I love you. And thank you for working so hard for us. And you're great. Oh, I love how you cleaned up that one dish. That was wonderful. And then, like, a little child, they go, boing, really? And then they do it more because they like that praise and they like pleasing you. And all of a sudden, they're doing all the dishes. And it's a secret mind trick. And it worked. I couldn't believe it. And I remember being so mad at Dr. Laura, like, wait, I have to fake act that I think everything he does is great? But it did work. She was right. And then same with sex. It was like, you know, flirt with them. Pat them on the butt when you walk by in the kitchen, like all the time, no matter what. And I'm like, that's bullshit. I shouldn't have to do that. That's fake. That's acting. But I tried it. And guess what? Mr. responded. And it was like, game on. And then, yeah. And then you start at night. You're tired. You don't want to. You're all rolled over. But octopus hands start creeping and. Just give in and roll over like, wow, that's great. I love octopus hands. And then it works. You are suddenly going at it, and you're all in. It's great. So a little fake
1: it till you make it can work, folks. There you go. I don't know. Hot tips, Dr. Laura. But then what happened? You just gave it all up and said, it's it's too much work, probably.
2: No, I don't know. There's still a bit of that in there. I guess it gets woven in. But then I think that mutual respect kind of starts to happen because then – you get the results you want. You know, I was getting the dishes cleaned a little more, whatever it was. And then I was happier and then he was happier. It just kind of built from there. So a little wily womanly ways kind of went a long way. So that's good. Yeah. But it does work in that department. But yeah, the expectations of living together, that was a big deal. Um, let's take a break and hear from our sponsors
3: And then we're going to talk about that, like personal space. Julianne, guess what? What? We are sponsored by Dream Dinners. You know about Dream Dinners. You've stayed with us. We've had great meals with them. Let me tell you about it. Dream Dinners benefits you and your lifestyle, listener, through less shopping, healthy home-cooked meals, most in less than 30 minutes, and everything is already prepped for you. You don't have to do any of the washing, the chopping. It's all done for you. It's great. It's great. You can modify the menu that you choose uh, according to your family's likes, dislikes, and allergies with special notes in the instructions. It's really easy for people who don't know how to cook and for those who do, but they want a break from prep and planning. That would be me. I get so tired of trying to think of meals, so this makes it so easy. You just pull out a meal at the beginning of the week, put it in your fridge. It's ready to go, open your fridge, pop it in the oven or on the stovetop. 20, 30 minutes, it's it's the best. And we've had great meals. We've had lots of chicken dishes with really interesting sauces. There's a piccata and a marsala. The kids love this pub style chicken with the mashed potatoes, garlic mashed potatoes. They have salt and pepper fries. They have almondine green beans. I mean, all sorts of stuff. You get sides, it's great. Really, really good stuff. High quality food, healthy. You will save an average of $200 a month off your grocery budget. The average cost is about 650 dollars per serving, which is so much less than if you go to takeout or restaurants or even some of the other boxed meal prep services. You'll save about 20 hours a month from shopping and prepping, and you only have to come in and pick up or have it delivered uh, once a month. And because they're not a subscription service, you can get them as often as you'd like, so you can stop whenever you want to. Anyone who's within 25 miles of the Poway or San Marcos store here in San Diego will get free delivery, free packaging while we're in the purple tier. Usually it's a $25 charge, but it's free this month. And you can enter mouse and Ween's 20 upon checkout when you choose your meals and you'll get 20% discount. So everyone, please go to dreamdinners.com, choose your location, and you are welcome
1: messing with my equilibrium listen
3: all right all right we're back thank you uh dream dinners for sponsoring
2: our episode okay um and podcast in general we love them hi sheila all right let's hear jillian was just showing me how she has this neck stiff neck thing and she can crack it but has kind of ruined her neck over time here let's hear
1: but i've already got the big ones out okay okay here we go that was a burp (laughs)
2: Can anyone hear? It basically sounds like popcorn. She's, she's got her mouth open, and she's doing <laughs> rotations, and it sounds like popcorn is going to start shooting out of her mouth.
1: That's so gnarly. But it's not even that. was not the big one. Sometimes it'll go. Yeah. Uh, it all started with a massaging device from Brickstone. I think I popped something out of its joint, and it felt good, and then I kept obsessing. And apparently when you crack, you Is that loosen, the one you gave to me? yeah oh boy thanks is that why it's (laughs) broken probably because i would lay on it and who cares about this really except that i think i jacked up my neck and now you get excited about popping it because it releases that dopamine i guess right i don't even know and then you start loosening the tendon and one side will start overcompensating for the other because one tendon's too loose Mm -hmm. which is what cracking does apparently
2: so is that why there's noise? I thought it was like air escaping a joint or something like that. We're also I guess drinking I think coffee. It's
1: that, but <clears throat> I said, "What's?" I asked a chiropractor, lady doctor. I don't even know if she was a chiropractor, but it was someone who knew what they were talking about. And I said, "What are the downsides of cracking?" Because I've heard two different sides. Who cares? It's just releasing air, and then other people say it's bad. Mm. She said the only downside may be that you are loosening the tendon every time you crack you're pulling it so it's now more elasticity is in it so mm. your other tighter side starts overcompensating for that oh, looseness yeah. and the. and that made the most sense i think from what i've heard mm. a yeah that makes sense let's go back God. to personal space
2: i love cracking bones though that's great
1: um, all right, so we
2: looked up a article of five ways to protect your personal space. Because, how are you feeling about being in our house in personal space? You, I know we we know we're all busy and it's very disjointed, but you do get a chunk of time in the middle of the day. But in general, how do you feel? Do people keep coming in? Animals do. I know that.
1: No, it's not that. It's just an adjustment from living by my. I will speak for myself because it's me we're speaking about. <coughs> Self, I say. (laughs) Actually, I did have to cough. Sorry about that. Um, Is that a noise at the door? I don't
2: think so. I think it's a coffee pot.
1: Okay. (laughs) Point. Living by oneself for so long, and now I'm in an environment with a lot of people, is an adjustment. Granted, there are a lot of family, so it doesn't feel super uncomfortable. But I do have to figure out when you're used to doing anything you want at any hour of the day, you could take a bath in the middle of the day. You, I mean, if you're not working, I guess. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Hey, Big Lebowski walking around in your robe all day. <laughs> well, that's the difference, right? Because, like, when I would do school, sorry. <laughs> so many, this is early
2: morning. We just have breakfast, coffee's happening. Things yeah. are right Our breakfast of pineapples. We're
1: in Tahiti. I will say that it is different. You guys are very, you know, productive people. And there are routines and kids and schedules and nine-to-fives and that kind of thing. Right?
2: Yeah, very different.
1: And then mine would be, I mean, I would wake up early and everything. It's just how to insert, you're being dropped into someone else's world. Yeah. Which is Fine. It just takes a minute to adjust to that, and I don't know if you've ever had to do that. Um, to yeah. live in someone else's world. Imagine that. It's always been my world. Yes. I've never had to go into anyone else's. Yeah, you're right. So imagine what that would be if you like moved in with Mom and Denny, and you were like, "Hi." Mm-hmm. How do you create your own space in someone else's environment? Is the question. Right. I don't. And, I know. And independence and. Yeah.
2: Well, I did want to make sure you had that. So you have your, two, your three back rooms. You have a bathroom, a living room, and a bedroom, and a hallway. The hallway does not have a door that shuts and locks, though. That's the problem. Well, it's your wine hallway, too. That's where they
1: get their... Yeah, that's our little, uh, what, I don't booze know. Booze station, I think, is what we should <laughs> call it. It's their happy hut.
2: No, it's just a counter that we decided <clears> to store our wine glasses on and our wine bottles around the corner. But it's also got all the drawers for the linens and jazz like yeah, that. Yeah, but that is bath. fine. It's
1: your house and yeah. also... A-
2: but we used our little half folding wall, like one of those little things, and set it up at the front. That way the dog can't get in there and the cat can't get in there to bother your cat. Um, but you like to keep doors open so your cat can roam. And with that comes my roaming animals, and then they eat your animal's food, and they go in your space, and then kids kind of see open doors, and they might poke in. I don't in. care about that. The People are visiting
1: just... and stuff, I don't mind at all.
2: Right. It's, um, you could be like dad. Remember how he would put up his signs on doors <laughs> and shut the door and just be like, Yeah, but that's the part, because then TM. he seemed like an asshole. No, that's not an asshole move. That's a personal space move. Don't worry about what we think because we all know everybody needs their time and space. Gosh darn, everybody loves being alone. Gosh
1: darn, just
2: everybody <laughs> likes their own <laughs> personal space,
1: Hank. So. I wonder if I'm in your personal space. Am I like in the morning? No except for when
2: Dave's taking a shower and you're in bed with me and we're watching stuff that was the one morning you probably made a good choice like <laughs> exiting leave. stage left because you were like let's finish watching that documentary and I was like okay but then he was in the shower kind of like
1: how do we get out yeah, how do I get out. my
2: clothes are out there what am I going to do here this is awkward but you uh, I got up and went in there and then you were gone when I came yeah. back out you was were like nowhere. this is weird it's still warm from where he was sleeping
1: yeah And I think you don't notice, but I'll notice. Like when we were watching a documentary late in bed and he wanted to go to sleep. And he's downstairs kind of waiting for us to... And I'm in the bed with you watching the documentary. Oh, yeah. And you're like, yeah, whatever. But I think that's when I'm like, I have to navigate this by myself. Because you don't care, but he might care. It is weird. Yeah. To figure
2: out how... That's true. Well, the good thing is, you know him. He wakes up at 6, no matter what day of the week it is. He goes to bed at 10. No matter what day of the week it is. And that's that. So Yeah. Actually, although he does like to go up to bed at nine, nine thirty, and then lights out at ten. Mm-hmm. He's robotic that way. So mm-hmm. you can work around that. Yeah. Or we just don't watch stuff in my bed anymore. We can also move to yeah, any I think room that's, in the house. That was, that but was, it's so cozy in bed with a laptop. It's the best. Yeah. All right, so back to uh, official personal space um, advice here. Does this mean anything to you? You've done more psychology, so I'm looking at psychology today. (coughs) Five Ways to Protect Your Personal Space by F. Diane Barth. What's a LCSW, what does that mean?
1: Licensed Clinical Social Worker.
2: Oh, that's what you're gonna be.
1: Yeah.
2: All right, what is personal space? Why do we need it? lots of studies university of california davis shows that there is a correlation between our ability to protect our personal space and our attachment tendencies Uh Uh, when we're securely connected we feel more comfortable setting boundaries than if we feel either insecurely or ambivalently attached is that you uh probably
1: okay no well it's I just guess awkward. I am ambivalent. <laughs> <as evidence laughs>
2: and there's the answer. Well, no, I think we're all... Uh, that would be awkward for anybody. But you, you've you had no problem telling me boundaries. You said, you know, can I just set boundaries? So that was why I put that half wall there. And said, yeah, just shut the door whenever you want. And you asked, like, is it going to be awkward if I shut my door and just go back there? I'm like, never. That's fine. I think
1: you But have. really, that is where... I have to see where my issues are coming in, or it's just an issue. If I really did go back there and hold myself away, you get resentful. I mean, no,
2: because that was always the expectation. We set that from the beginning. You set that from the beginning. Like, I might go back there and hold myself away. I was like, okay. There's no expectation, except that we did make a kind of schedule with the driving, because that part was, like, really helpful, and I love that idea. If you could just pick up Charlotte on these days, and we made a calendar, we circled the days.
1: That's it. So I'm putting myself in a position of doing more than I... Because now I am taking the boys four days a week in the morning at 7. Are you four? I think, right? I think just two.
2: I'll Three. do that. I can do all the mornings. Plus Dave can too. So it's just Charlotte at 3.15. That's the but biggest. wouldn't you secretly be like, God, this person's staying here? No. Without
1: paying the- rent and only doing one pickup in the day.
2: Like Dave said, it's a sunk cost. We already have the rooms. We already are feeding all these mouths and doing lots of laundry. You're, not, you're, you're nothing. You're nothing You're us. <laughs> no, but it just, you blend right in, and hmm. it's not a big deal at all. And you help, and you exercise the cat that Nobody. loves his leash. <laughs> I know, you set up this precedent now. He thinks he's an outdoor cat. But you love the animals, and Wrigley follows you around. He's in, in complete bliss when you're here. You're the alpha dog when you're around, yeah hierarchy has changed
1: Wrigley's a stoner by the way
2: oh poor Wrigley wait let's finish this okay um we'll get to the Wrigley stoner story because that's pretty funny no it was sad actually all right but getting that okay so here's some hot tips for those of you who care about personal space number one identify and accept your personal boundary needs um you don't want to get drained or hurt or angry um yeah and you do that too, Weens. If you are feeling anything, say something, okay? Yeah. Don't bottle it up because you have a tendency with your old neighbor to not say things, right? I know.
1: Well, I do need to, probably to leave the house and have concentration time because yeah. I can't get anything done. Yeah. It's very hard.
2: I know. The animals are kind of a player in that, right? It's like mom guilt for me. You feel bad for the animals and go I home. feel bad
1: for the animals. I feed them all and make sure they're all okay. So that's from 9 to 10. <laughs> animal guilt from 9 to 10. Yeah, and then from like 10 to 1, but then there's phone calls and then you'll come back at like noon. So you really only have 10 to noon. And then you come in and then in the 10 to 12, then I go, well, I should probably pick up and make things look a little more organized. So there that is the whole free time. Yeah. So you don't yeah, you don't need to worry about that. I know, but it's just not enough time. I would have to leave the house and go somewhere yeah. and concentrate. Yeah. That's always a good option. That's why I like taking my laptop to Panera
2: or something and doing work there because then I can focus. Or the library. I even go
1: or the hut. What's See the I hut? said if I moved into your house it would be if I had a little hut. Like oh, a yurt. Yeah, down at the
2: bottom or of the a teepee. You know, we're <laughs> we're walking off the land and we're gonna find a place to put a teepee in the backyard.
1: That'll be cool. I could sleep in the teepee and then You're not gonna
2: sleep there. Mm. There's rats and coyotes and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. All right. So number one, we did. Uh, number two, be polite but firm. No problems there, Weans. You can do that. Um, you think it's rude, but it's not. I get it. Everybody. Okay,
1: I have to work on talking, speaking up. Mm-hmm. I don't speak up. You speak a lot. Everybody else speaks a lot. I just sit there and listen. It's a weird existence. Yeah.
2: That's why we're podcasters. You can get it, get it all out now. Go, girl. Tell people what you think. I think mice are soft. (laughs) Very nice. All right. um, There's an art to setting boundaries. Uh, Don't use anger or nagging, um, but just spell them out clearly, calmly, and courteously. All right. Number three, start with something small. If you have trouble saying no whether it's because you don't want to or seem rude or to hurt someone's feelings or because you feel guilty or you're worried that the other person will get mad at you, part of the problem is most likely that you haven't learned to set a limit and stick with it.
0: Yeah.
2: So start small, just like setting a goal, little baby steps. Um, know what you mean when you say yes. Practice telling other people what you want, whether it's to watch a certain program. I want to watch. Mork and Mindy. <laughs> <laughs> On television and to eat at a certain restaurant
1: called Horshack.
2: <laughs> that makes it easier to say no when you don't want something like ham. <laughs> I think that was whore ham. No. And number five, stop feeling guilty. Many of us struggle with boundary violations because we are afraid we will be seen as unkind or selfish if we don't give someone else what they want.
1: That's me. Secretly, yes. I'd like to be down in the woods writing, and that's probably very patriarchal of me. Our
2: dad, oh, did like dad, yeah. You really are uh,
1: going full circle here. That's good, though. Well, it need concentration time. I don't know how you do anything at the level that you can focus if you can't get in a focus place.
2: You don't. That's why I love when everybody goes to bed and I'm still awake. Those hours, if I can stay up from ten to twelve, like midnight, awesome. And then I wake up at friggin' four in the morning until the house wakes up at six. And those two hours from four to six are awesome, too. That's my solo time. That's crazy. Yeah. So it's nuts. So go down to the woods, girl.
1: I support you in that. All right. Well, get everyone else on board. All right. Meaning your husband also, because I feel I like it. Uh, but you know what? I'm not going to feel that way anymore. I'm going to stick to my boundaries. There you go. Good. I'll we make- did it. We win. We both win. That's right. Um, we're shaking. I'm doing
2: a left-hand shake because I'm holding my you don't phone. You not think there's anything...
1: You're secretly judged, though, someone who's not working and living off of... Sucking off your no, nose.
2: No, I don't. I really don't, Julianne. Really? I really don't. I see you as an artist, and are artists expected to work 9 to 5? No.
1: They are they, they expected create... to work at all? I might need no, to go but... and get some work, though. I need some spending. I need some money. Yeah. I would like to contribute money to you guys, but you won't take it, so... I will contribute and labor a little, and also let's do f- fudge Ripplin projects together, huh? Well,
2: it's happening. It just, yeah. I think if, we, if you do your woods thing while I'm doing work
1: thing, and then we get together on nights and weekends, it can happen. I'm going to do my woods thing. All right. Good. Except I'm going to bring my... Um, some chicken wire for my cat so I could bring her with me, and then we could protect her from coyotes.
2: Oh, I can go on my free site on Facebook, the little neighborly giveaway site, and I'll bet people have chicken coops or something. You can do one of those set-on-top chicken coops.
1: Yeah, can we? Mm-hmm.
2: Because those are uh, those be good. Protect the cat. Yeah. Okay. Because, yeah, you're down in the wild there. Um, speaking of violation... Uh, You just sent the most offensive. Well, no, it didn't send, but I saw the most
1: offensive video. That was hilarious. But you have to tell <laughs> what was going on. Why? You were looking at my Instagram for some reason this morning. Yeah. Stole my phone and went. <laughs> looking at my Instagram and the top search was monkey sticks finger and butt and sniffs. <laughs> And that was because my good friends, who you've heard before in this podcast, Dave Barley and Sean Hughes, we have a little three-person text string, and it's just funny videos and, like, offensive. But they started at four in the morning. They were going back and forth, like, talking smack about everything. and
2: Because they're early risers, too, and they're dads, and they get up at four to get their yeah. shit done, <laughs> which is apparently sending jokes back and forth. But
1: <laughs> That was a particularly early one, and I would hear it vibrating on my nightstand, and finally... To stop it all, I just typed in that and searched for a monkey putting his finger in his butt and sniffing it. And then I found one that I showed Joel this morning. And it was really bad. It wasn't the one that is the famous one with the monkey who sniffs his butt and falls off the log. It yes. was another one. It's a really good one. It's a monkey sticking his three fingers in the bottom right. hole of a s- bulldog. Oh. But it's all timed. It's the music. That's what gets it's me. It's timed to the music because it's like, you see the three fingers preparing and it's <laughs> boom, 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 boom <laughs> wow <laughs> and someone re edited it three times to what the wheel wow. <laughs>
2: Oh, God. Stupid. It's happening. That's my favorite. When you talk through a laugh. Oh, my friend Laura does that, too. It's my favorite ever. Oh, okay, so we're going to post the dog monkey. Sometimes you just got to get back to the gutter humor. But.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh that'll be an art. Why are your monkeys always doing that? Just always with fingers and butts and sniffs. Monkeys, that's who we are, folks. We <laughs> were finger sniffing monkeys. Alright, point but pokers.
2: Point was Wrigley, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so back to animals. Wrigley, sweet dog of ours. Nice golden retriever. Uh, Lays around a lot. He's six years old. His little white whiskers. He looks like he's older than he really is. And he just lays around a lot. But sweetest dog. Uh, Julianne is particularly uh, fond of him. And he's particularly fond of her. And they follow each other around. Well, you know, he, I guess you don't follow him. I don't follow him. No, but he loves you. So uh, he followed you down to the mailbox. And then when he gets out to the mailbox strip of grass, he likes to run all the way down to the bottom of the hill. That's part of his. Uh, I was tra- fixing your combo lock down at the oh, bottom. Oh, that's lock. what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where your stuff is stored. And so he was following her. And you walked back and he stayed down there for a minute and you were yelling. Like Wrigley, come on! But he was like, like his nose was
1: stuck in something.
2: Yeah. So something was going on, and um, he got
1: back to the house I and walked back and I looked at it and I was like, oh, why? he had his nose in the poo-poo pile. What? Oh, wait, you knew that at that point? Well, he was stuck on something. He okay. was like rooting around, yeah. and I was like, Wrigley, what are you doing? And, and it was it- in the street or in the grass. It was like yeah, well there was a your gardener was in the street kind of blocking him and I was like, What is he doing? And then I went and walked back down and he was uh, at the final lick.
2: Ah so there was this big pile of doo doo that we had <laughs> seen earlier on the street, which isn't uncommon because the coyotes traipse around all night and early morning and leave. But this one was particularly diarrhea y. Yeah, and it was a oh, different why are we talking know, about this? It was a different it had a different look to it, let's just say. So it might have been human.
0: Ma, ma. Uh,
2: so anyway, uh, he comes back up to the house and. Licking his chops, <laughs> and I
1: immediately walk in the door and go, I think your dog just said doo doo to Joelle. Remember? He said that?
2: Yes. Instantly. Okay. I don't remember. I was probably running around frantically going no, from one on appointment computer. to another.
1: frantically doing something. Yes.
2: Yeah. All right. So then it wasn't until 4 p.m. that we noticed some. Some oddly sleepy dog behavior, and, um, and we, Toby tossed a little toy to him, and he did this weird herky-jerky thing, flinching, like really, but over and over, like it almost looked like a seizure. And he was like, Mom, something's wrong with Wrigley. And I tried it too, and I was like, whoa, whoa, and thought maybe he was just sleepy, waking up, but then I went and got his favorite snack, cheese, and he like barely ate it which was like
1: oh god that's unheard of something was wrong he loves cheese yeah he'll do anything i would do anything
2: for cheese
1: but i won't
2: do that sorry and he uh that's when i called the vet and said the video that i had taken and they said take him to an er
1: immediately because they thought it might be poisoning you have a couple poisonous plants on your yard mm-hmm. and they were saying it might be neurological toxicity. Yeah. Right? either
2: like a bad mushroom or a uh, that castor oil bean or sago palms. We have all of those. Not good. I should probably get rid of those. So we took him to the ER. They looked at his pupils, and they deemed him
1: motherfucking high, high as a is kite. A kite. <laughs> they were laughing. He's, He's high. Yeah, poor dog. Dave and Joel took him in and watched the kids. And how was that ride? Were you, like, freaked out? You were mad because Dave wasn't home one time, right?
2: Yeah. he's like, I'll be there. I'm coming. And took his time a little bit. And I was, like, in frantic ER mode. I thought he was having a seizure. I thought we were going to lose him. And so I took off without him. And we passed each other on the way there. And then I he's like, let me just park my car at home. It's fine. Just I'll jump in there. So I turned around followed him back. He jumped in the car went to the ER and uh, yeah, they ran all these tests on him, figured out, they thought it was marijuana that he had ingested. So then we backtracked to the poop pile.
1: Now you think it's poop. Dave thinks you're crazy right wasn't he like stop with the human poop yeah oh but i kept talking to the vet on the phone
2: about it i'm like it was probably the human poop we saw on the street and this poor vet's trying to be all medical and i had to keep telling her i go it was runny but it was really brown i was describing it dave was standing next to me with his eyes wide he's like and his head in his
1: hands shaking back and forth like no why are you telling her this dave told me he thought he's like He's gonna think that we're the ones that are. He goes, it was so weird that we were like covering up the fact that we're marijuana people or something. It sounded really shady. Like there's way too many details. It sounds like you're making this up. I'm like, but it's true. It's that's that's really poop. But it was it. It wasn't us. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, but here's the backstory on all this. Okay. Yeah, but then right the lollipop for three days. Right. There was a suspicious car that was parking on the side of your property, outside of your property, but down where you've got kind of a it's a great place to smoke weed. Basically, Let's it. Yeah. If you're a kid, you would go to the side of Joel's property. It's the end of a cul-de-sac. There's a trail and there's a nice view. There's a nice view. It's like an inspiration point. Right. So it's a good place and there's your trees kind of shade a car so they can kind of hide. But not from me. Because I've got the egg-old blood, and I'm a bloodhound, and if something's suspicious, I notice it. (laughs) So I did notice a car that was parking there a couple days, and when the kids were helping me move some boxes down to the shed, Elliot goes, is someone burning something? And I was like, I didn't smell it at that time, but he thought, I go, maybe it's a wood-fire stove. A lot of people around here seem to burn it, and he was like, huh. And then the next day, I was down there doing something else, and I smelled weed. So I, sp- I got a whiff of it somehow, mm-hmm. but I don't know if the car was there. I don't know if I noticed it then. And then it was a suspicious blue Toyota that was parking there. And then. License plate? Just kidding. Okay. She did take BB- a picture. Of- yeah. So the first time I I realized that it was like the third day they were back and then I go I'm gonna take a picture of their license plate except it was raining that day (laughs) and I had to go pick up someone so I was like rushing out the door getting into Joelle mode and uh I was like I'm gonna take a picture of the license plate and my camera all it did is focus on the dew drops on my windshield (laughs) so like the license plate was too blurry but the next day they Mm -hmm. came back and I happened to be walking the cat and the dog, <laughs> As one does. As one does, on the base of her property, inside her property. And uh that car pulled up right outside of the gate in perfect alignment with my snapping finger. So I snapped a picture of their license plate. Oh wait, the day before, when the dew drop day?
2: <laughs> wait, I didn't do did drop picture. The human one or
1: Yeah, the, the yeah, not the doo-doo drop, but the dew drop on the windshield. You seem like you're bored of the story. But... No, no, I like the story. Okay, so the do, the dewdrop day, when I did not capture the license plate, I've been reading a book called The Gift of Fear by this FBI guy, whatever. He teaches you how to assess whether it's a fearful situation or not. Mm-hmm. and a Very interesting book. Bestseller, by the way. Oprah Winfrey likes nice. it, by the way. Every person should read this book, by the way. Go, anyway. Uh, it was to kind of confront the person who you think is the weirdo and you make eye contact so they know you know they're there. Mm. So I went down to their car and I looked in and their lights were on, which I've done that too where you park your car and you don't turn your lights off and your battery dies. So that was my in. And I drove by their car, their windows were down, and the guy put his hood over his face so I couldn't see him. And I was like, hey, your lights are on. And I sat there and kind of smiled, (laughs) like Ralphie in line at the Christmas story. I like the 10-man. Yeah. Yeah. So I just kind of stayed there. I was like, I see you. And the girl didn't look at me either. It was like a – they looked like a little, you know, indie – punk couple yeah but i couldn't really see the guy's face but i saw her and she was not looking at me she put her head way back like trying not to look at me and look straight ahead
2: oh my god i'm like i see
1: you motherfuckers Ooh! and then i turned around so then they came back the next day like a couple of roofs
2: that's
1: chutzpah chutzpah so i was there and the bushes happened to be right there in the bushes next to me <laughs> They're like, this lady needs to get a life. Stop walking your cat in the bushes. Yeah. I was like try getting a job, ma'am. <laughs> so anyway this is the luxury life of sitting in bushes and taking pictures. So I happened to be right in that bush with my bright yellow iPhone and I was and I started and I was already down on the ground with Scooby. Your cat was already <laughs> stalking and I was down there helping him get some grass. So I was already down in stock position. And then I was like, ha-ha. So I started waddling with my in my stocking position towards the gate. And I stuck my hand out of the gate. I snapped the picture with my bright yellow camera, which I think they saw. And they immediately sped
0: off. Rare!
2: <laughs> They're like, she's reached a new level of yeah. weird. She's on her belly
1: crawling <laughs> through the like fence. World War II, a Vietnam vet in the freaking foliage. I was. and My shoe got caught. I tripped at one point because you've got all those vines back there. Yes. But I was in the... Foliage like a foxhole. Here he comes (laughs) with the bright yellow phone. They did not come back, but okay. So, the next day after the Wrigley vet experience, I wanted to go back and investigate. Of course, you guys had kind of just chalked it up as marijuana, left it alone. Not me, I've got that eggled gene. (laughs) She had to close the loop on this uh, investigation. So, I went back and we had both noticed a lollipop. Strangely noticed a lollipop. Another gift of fear from that book I was reading. Use your intuition if something seems out of place. Basically, by the way, intuition is not a mystical thing. Most people who in situations where they're like, they got raped or they, you know, were in an elevator with a weird Unabomber or something. It was intuition, quote unquote, is... Your brain quickly assessing weird situations. Mm-hmm. So intuition isn't really intuition. It's like that guy was too close. That guy asked me too many questions. He used the word we. Are we having a good day? So that's a way of getting you in their closed loop oh. of like bonding with you. It's called something I can't remember. But um so all these little things kinda or like, Let me help you with your bag, and you're kinda like, No. Well, no, let me let me help you. And you yeah. go, Okay, even though you felt weird. So all those intuitions are really just like you're doing the born identity of like this is weird that's weird that's weird that's yeah. weird That's weird. so follow that whatever you want to call it it's you quickly assessing a situation's not right
2: right so it's logical brain stuff and yeah.
1: listen to your gut like does your belly actually
2: like lurch do you get like that fear yeah. response yeah. and
1: most of the people later they'll say all of those things were not feeling right mm-hmm. and uh oh there's some good stories in there Gift of Fear, folks. Get that book. It teaches you a lot.
0: Right,
1: Point. You... I'm going to look up the author. Okay. okay. Um, yeah, he has his own consulting agency, so he works for a lot of stars. One of them, he was called for Olivia Newton-John. Do you remember when she was being stalked by that guy? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he ended up killing his parents and another what two kids, and he was on the loose Two people, his cousins across the street, murdered them, murdered his parents. Oh my God. And next on the list, he had uh, Supreme Court Justice Sandra Day O'Connor, I think, and Whoa. Olivia Newton John. And they <gasps> figured why? out. Why? By what was his beef with her? Because he's a lunatic, and somehow they found out that she, in one of her movies, reminded him of his mother. Whoa. Who had. And he killed his mom, like his mom pushed him against the furnace and he had scars on his legs. He was probably schizophrenic and not, you know, I shouldn't yeah. say nuts, but, you know, mental disorders and didn't like his mom. His mom was the devil to him. And she looked in one scene like his mother. Whoa! And so he always latched onto that as she wants to kill me. So then he was he's also a survivalist. So he was in the back. Woods of her Malibu house living. And so he had to bring a survivalist team out to try to find him. And they found two other crazy people who were also stalking Olivia Newton John, but they were harmless crazies. Like he would assess who's the murderous type and who's harmless. One was like the king of Malibu, who she was the queen and he was protecting her. So he would live in the back of her Malibu hills and he was like in a little hut, but he's like, I am the king of Olivia Newton-John. She's the queen, and I'm watching over her. And they're like, okay, he's harmless. We'll leave him there. <laughs> what? There were two other stalkers back there living in the woods, as survivalists. So they does she have a huge property or just the hills behind, behind her, her okay, house yeah, yeah. in Malibu? Oh, my but god. But then this guy, he she was next on the list. He really did go to Washington, D.C. for the Supreme Court justice and he got busted because he got an altercation with someone in the hotel he was staying at by borrowing their clock like stealing he ended up stealing their clock and that's how they caught him what anyway point wrigley so gift of fear oh
2: yeah so you wait the gift of fear is a book by gavin de becker there you go
1: do you want to read the description at all or
2: uh survival signals that protect us from violence
1: um no, that's fine. Just okay.
2: what that's you said.
1: Cool. Act on your gut. So my guts told me these kids were probably just smoking weed, but my guts went back to find the evidence and found the lollipop with resin. It looked like they had scraped a pipe or something because mm. I sniffed the end. Just like, just a like monk. that monkey. <laughs> In the butt of a bulldog sniffed the end, and it was resin and weed and so they might have thrown other stuff out the window. It might have not. But your vet mm. said that it. dogs are like 700 times stronger.
2: Yeah, it was something like they can eat like the tiniest butt of a marijuana cigarette, a roach or whatever, and get super high. And that his symptoms were in line with that. They were not in line with the other plants we had on the property. They ran a blood work thing. I don't think they checked specifically for THC, but they... Um, yeah, they were pretty darn sure. and they they hydrated him. They gave him injections of fluids and let him sleep it off. He slept there for so long. We Dave didn't pick him up from the ER until like
1: twelve thirty.
2: Yeah, one in the morning something. But uh, yeah, he slept it off, and then we had to feed
1: him bland food the next day. You boiled. They said he looked like Dave said he looked like a. Bulldog because they put so much water like a uh, football pads on, yeah.
0: Because they
1: hydrated him and injected his
2: yeah. It's He's like with water. yeah. What do they call that? Subcutaneous
1: injections like on his shoulder blades. It was weird. So Wrigley is we call him Wrigley Chong now. <laughs> he yeah and poor guy and that was one of
2: my first thoughts when Dave when I was explaining it to Dave and I was looking at him and I showed Dave the video when I called him at work. um like, he actually looks like he's high. Really? Like, it was weird. Yeah. Like, he was just wow. sleeping, just like, hey, man. And then he'd lay his head back down. Yeah. And then
1: he'd pop back up and be like, all right. And yeah. lay back down. Like, cheese. All right. I'll have a lick. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And oh I God. wasn't sure. I didn't have that. Yeah. I was so scared.
2: I know. Poor guy. So, anyway, all's well that ends well. No more weed on the property. Aunt Nan has stocked the spot. And we installed all these, um, And cameras, they're real, and stickers on the trees, and uh, now we're good to go. Because there were real break-ins in our neighborhood. El
1: Salvadorian bandits.
2: Yeah, that's what really got us going was my neighborhood, our our upstairs neighbor, not upstairs, but shares a hill with us, um, had a smash-and-grab situation, and I had to go search her house while she was uh, gone I, I went through and inspected to make sure they weren't in there which was also a dumb move why were you doing that i don't know it was four in the afternoon and i thought it's bright and oh
1: jesus the doll. back door was
2: smashed i had to walk over all the smashed glass Gift of
1: fear. i know I,
2: I went in with facetime and she was on the other line and i wanted to show her her house was okay because they had all the cameras and stuff and all the motion yeah. sensors and nothing had been sensed But
1: they saw the dudes on the video right like
0: tool belt and no, that was a
1: different video. Oh.
0: There
1: were yeah, but basically it was a ring that was happening, and they called him the El Salvadorian. This is what she told me that whenever she came to give you flowers for that.
2: I oh was yeah, there. my
1: neighbor was like, "Thank you for taking care of our house," because then they quickly flew home and boarded it up and fixed it and all that. But she said it's a gang of bandits from El Salvador with tools that come in and they sit in your hills, and they look with binoculars to see who's gone and time time out when people are gone and when they're on vacation. So then when they're on vacation at my mom's house during Christmas, you asked if I would stay at your house. I know. So and I just imagined me sitting there with a baseball bat waiting for El Salvadorians to come in at the base of the Christmas tree all by yourself, just by myself, without the dog there or anything, just like ready for bandit action. <laughs>
2: So I brought my grizzly bear spray. Yeah, and nothing happened. And there were lots of meetings and talks and cameras and um, sheriffs and all that, because they realized they were they always worked in threes and they learned all the trail systems before behind the houses. It was really scary, but I think we're okay now. We'll see. But good job,
1: Weans. You protected the house. You know what I did? I took cardboard cutouts and I <laughs> I made it look like we we're having a party. And I had my. A fern. I brought my plastic fern. Oh, that was the other thing. That's good. On my last trip to Joelle's house to move my shit in, I was like, well, I guess I'm doing this. I guess I'm gone. And I looked next to me, and I had a fern. <laughs> and I looked at my uh, glove, com- glove, whatever you call it, your console. fucking holder. Excuse my French. <laughs> By the way, we're in French Polynesia. I looked, and I had... um my coffee so i was like I have, i've got my my thermos and i've got this fern and the who's that ashtray the jerk the jerk so that's good. all i needed i was like all i need is a for my cat and my cat my cat shithead <laughs>
2: shit. so good and so that it. was it all and now I'm, wait uh recap the covid thoughts and we'll finish on that
1: i might have had covid i'm pretty I was pretty sick on Christmas Day. I just laid there on your couch all day, and my body was super hurty. and I thought it was just because we had... Don Adams, my tried-and-true friend, helped me move my whole place.
2: Mm, You guys got a U-Haul. Got a
1: U-Haul. He was my... He's the best. He showed up, man. Man. Thank you. Thank you, Don Adams. And uh, we did... Listen to our horror episode back
2: last Halloween. He's the horror... A film producer,
1: writer, Writer, editor, director, editor, editor, director of horror movies mostly. Yeah, and uh, so we moved in. I just thought it was super body tired, but it never quite went away where I was super achy. I just kept taking Tylenol, which I normally don't do every day. I was just like aspirin, Tylenol, aspirin, Tylenol. I'm Mm. like, what is wrong?
2: And I just read in the New York Times that this is a huge byproduct of the Omicron variant is the the tiredness and the achiness, aches like back aches, because uh-huh. all of the um, cytokines get released and hang out in the arthritic or pre-arthritic joints and make people feel like that. So,
1: which I kept just wanting to lay down, and it was always lower back and neck where I have the issues. Yeah, i tired, and have, do you feel less tired now? Are you finally yeah, over Finally, can think about working out. But I was doing a workout every day with bands and everything, and I loved it. And it was only twenty minutes, but it was a good workout. Which my friend Scott Baron Baron, Scott Baron, yeah. the author. Do we have him on at all? He, we, he, he did a big the shout out on our
2: um, our poetry episode
1: yeah he's a haiku he's a writer he's got a ton of books out he does sci-fi and uh, I want to give him a shout out he's a great guy and also bought me my workout which is very nice of him because I don't have a lot of money right now so thanks folks everyone who's helping me thank you yay Dawn Scott you I'll I'll get a job soon I promise no there's no
2: need your job is to make this amazing documentary Matt
1: and I are writing a Hallmark movie
2: that's right and then we have that Wayne's, there's stuff on so many burners for you. You're the one with the busy schedule. If I could get to it. Yeah, I know. So we've been studying by watching Hallmark movies and these wonderful plot lines and and exhilarating turns of events. It's good stuff. It is good. (laughs) Yeah, it'll be fun. Matt Thompson. Thank you, Matt, for the opportunity. Yes. Matt, we are going to...
1: He's our voiceover
2: guy. Yeah, he's always the voice in the front of our episodes. So Matt's awesome. Writer,
1: actor... uh, Director, professor, and now Hallmark movie pin ship. What do you call this? Pinner, ghostwriter. Yeah, yeah. So there you go, folks. Okay, that's Enough.
2: us in a nutshell. We are in Tahiti. Speaking of nuts, um, and we are going to go find Mom. She went for a walk on the beach all by herself in her cute little dress, um, which she said she bought online from a slutty store.
1: <laughs> that was to like, go Walking in my slutty dress. <laughs> I know. So We have to go find our slutty mom somewhere. But she's so little and so cute that it would never look slutty on her. Maybe it was slutty on, like, a big lady or something.
2: Yeah, she reminds me of, like, she could throw on some tap shoes and do a cute little number right now. It's cute, like a little little dress. But we're in Tahiti. It's kind of rainy. Yeah, but we'll do a follow-up Tahiti episode, too, because we have some fun recordings from the airport and stuff like that. So maybe once our trip is done, you will hear all about it in that form. But until now... Until then, I mean, yeah. <laughs> thank you, everybody, for listening, and especially our patrons and Dream Dinners for sponsoring us. And um, patrons, we do have some music requests. Um, oh, yeah. We're going to do some little ditties, some songs for the patrons. So uh, let us know for those of you who have not requested one, and we will start that we'll add that to Ween's list Carla, of jobs. Yeah,
1: Carla Reynolds is one who, who asked for personalized song. Thank you Carla, we will get that to you and she's also helping on your birthday party. Birthday. Joel's birthday's coming up. I Her 50, know, 50. 50 years old.
2: Lord have mercy. End of March, so save the date everybody. Yep. All right. We will be back soon. We promise. Love Bye. you. Bye. We got
0: a song of joy to make you Move If you've got too many things weighing you down let go get in the groove and give it one, two, three feel it right down your spine And yes, swoosh mother down and lap on the ground groove up the soul and fill in the holes get down And swoosh mother down and laugh on the ground A groove of the soul and fill in the holes get down Yes, we've got a song of joy for you If you've got too many things holding you back, let go in your mind and hold mother down and spin super sound and dance mother whole and fill in your soul get down The it down is pit suit, sound of death, but the whole. of in your soul, and it hope, but the down is pit suit, the sound of death, but the whole. of in your soul, and it hope, but the down is pit suit, the sound of death, but the whole. of in your soul, the down. The so in your down the sound and dance the have the fit in yourself And you down and spin so the dance and dance in yourself you the down the with the dance the and fit in yourself
3: I'm Austin Rude. And I'm Phil Rude, and we host The Picture Show with Austin and Phil Rude. Clever name. Each week we watch a movie and bring our discussion to the mics. You can hear my opinions and Austin's wrong opinions about everything we watch. No, you're the wrong one. Get out. The Picture Show with Austin and Phil Rude. Download it wherever you get your podcast. <laughs> Did you know that the Podfix Network, home of
1: Perfect Package Podcast, Mouse and Weens, Old Man Orange, and more, has its own network podcast? Go wherever fine podcasts are found and look for Podfix Presents, network highlights, interviews, roundtables, and more, all showcasing the eclectic depth of PodFix talent. So subscribe today. PodFix presents on your podcast app of choice. And check us out at www.podfixnetwork.com at PodFix on Twitter and official underscore PodFix on the gram. The PodFix Network. Artist owned and loved.
0: This was a podcast of the PodFix Network. You can check out more shows like it at podfixnetwork.com.